Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. Writing online is a career fast track, but with over 203 million freelance writers worldwide, it's easy to get lost in the pack. So how can you stand out? Peak Freelance gives you the tools to find better clients, raise your rates, and focus on doing work you enjoy. Access a supportive community of like-minded freelancers and experienced writers who make a living writing. All Access members unlock a library of resources, templates, and interviews with content pros like me to grow and scale your business. There's never been a better time to invest in your freelance writing business. So are you ready to take the leap? If so, visit peakfreelance.com membership and use the code FWC10 to get 10% off an all access membership. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to get off Upwork, Fiverr, and other freelance platforms. I have had so many of my coaching clients come to me and ask me about this. Like they are on Upwork, for example, they have a number of clients, they don't know how to branch out off the platform, but they want to. So we are going to talk about this topic today. Kaylee, look, I'd love to hear from you. Like, why do you think people aren't happy with these platforms and want to get off of them. Yeah. So I think that oftentimes one of the big complaints I hear from people who are using these platforms or thinking about it is that it's often just a race to the bottom, right? So it's like, who can do it the cheapest with the quickest turnaround? Basically, people are just like, I just want to throw money at this. I don't care about your expertise. I don't care. Like, can you do the job? I feel like that's the common denominator with these types of jobs. And so for the writers, it's a really great way to not make a lot of money and to be super burned out by doing a lot of low value projects. Yes, it can kind of get you through if you are looking for filler jobs or if you're just really stumped on how to get started. I think there are, of course, are exceptions to the rule as well, where people have been wildly successful on a platform like this. But I think there are a lot of downsides to it. I know you and I both always kind of encourage people to think beyond these work for hire platforms. And so I'm curious, I know that you mentioned before the call that you've talked to some coaching clients who have asked you this question, like, how do I get off of these platforms and find a more sustainable long-term way to grow my business? So what's your answer to this question? What do you think the reasons are for getting off of it? And then we'll get into how nuts and bolts, how to do it, how to do it the right way. Yeah. So I think that you're right. It is generally low value, but I think the reason that it's low value isn't because I guess I think it's because there's a lot of one-off stuff. So what happens is someone's like, oh, I need this uh, one blog article and it can be very templatized. It doesn't require someone to have a ton of strategic expertise or conduct interviews or I don't know. So the projects are sort of very like almost prescriptive. Like it's almost like you're buying like a very productized service from somebody and they're just looking for the 
person who can do it, as you said, sort of like the cheapest and the fastest. I feel like for my clients, they often feel stuck where they're like, I can't charge my client more or talk about improving how we do our workflow. I feel like one complaint I've heard is that I constantly have to be on Upwork because like speed is really valued. So like if someone posts a new job, you need to respond to it and like you need to be one of the first pitches. So I had one coaching client tell me like I was on Upwork like all day, like waiting for these things to be posted because I knew I needed to be the first one. And just like that didn't make her feel good and felt like a recipe for burning out. So I think it's a combination of things. And I think ultimately, and something that we talk about all the time on the podcast is it's really about having control over your business. And if you're going through a platform, you don't have control. It's like the same reason that an e-commerce shop complains about Facebook and the power they have over the advertising space. It's like, if your business is generating 80% of its revenue from Facebook ads and Facebook changes their algorithm or they change how their ads are spent, like you're screwed. And I think it's the same with Upwork or, or one of these platforms. Not that Upwork is like looking to screw everybody, but that you are beholden to something that's out of your control and that like isn't as as safe long-term as, as a business owner. I know I just like spewed all of that out, but why don't we talk a little bit about like, okay, Oh, and then, <laughs> sorry, I was going all over the place. But, and I just want to say also, like, I know lots of people who have had successful relationships on Upwork. So I do think that if you're listening to this episode and you're like, well, Upwork has been pretty good for me, like, great. I don't think people need to focus on getting off of it necessarily. I think they need to focus on expanding beyond it so that their business can grow. So why don't we get to talking about like how you can get off of it and how you can do that? What do you think are, are some good ideas for that? Yeah, so there. I think the first thing to be mindful of is the platform's rules for taking relationships offline. I personally haven't used Upwork, Fiverr, things like that to get clients, but I have worked on a similar platform called Cloud Peeps, and they had very strict rules on not engaging in relationships with clients outside of their platform. It was like a big no-no. We had to sign a contract saying you wouldn't do it it was kind of sticky like to figure out how do I move away from this? Like the client wants to do a different project. We want to just kind of take this to the inbox and remove the middleman. So you really need to check out the rules first on that and see, is there like a waiting period? What are the rules? I think it's important to just have that context before you kind of get yourself in a sticky situation. So I don't know. That's kind of my first piece of advice. What about you? Yeah. Well, I think you're right that you need to sort of figure out what it would mean to go off platform with existing clients. Like one thing that I think is important to note is that if you start cultivating real relationships with an Upwork client that you've continuously worked with, you may have the opportunity to continue working with them off platform if they go to another job, right? And that's happened to me. So I was on the other side. I actually used Upwork to find freelance writers. I found someone who I thought was really great we used the Upwork platform while I was at that job. And then when I went freelance and I hired this person for some other projects and recommended him and all of that, I just, we didn't use Upwork at all. So I think that's also like something to think about with the current clients. I think that it's probably best for people to focus on 
how can I get new clients that are not on the platform as opposed to spending too much time and energy moving existing clients? I think that if you can get to the place where you can remove the middleman of a platform like that, that's kind of the place to be. That's the goal to strive for. I like your point about switching roles. Like maybe it's a different context that you guys are working together in, or maybe it's a different type of project. There are probably loopholes to those agreements. You just have to kind of figure out what makes the most sense. And so I think when people are ready to take that next step and move into the space where they're not using a platform like that or moving away from it, there are some good options for looking for new places to find clients. And so one of my favorite things to do, and one of the things that I did a lot when I first started freelance writing was being really strategic about the job boards that I went to. So of course, in a way, platforms like Fiverr and Upwork are job boards in their own right. But looking at places like We Work Remotely, Peak Freelance, there are a lot of like marketing-specific job boards these days. There are platforms like Marketer Hire. There are a lot of options out there that can help you get a little bit more specific on narrowing your focus when it's like, okay, who's looking for the type of work I offer right now and who's kind of in the niche that I want to focus on. So being strategic about the job boards you you devote time to, I think is a good first step. What about you? Yeah. Well, and I think like focusing on networking and I almost want to put networking in quotes because it's less about being like, I am going to business network and more about like kind of making friends and making connections in the space. So that means other freelance writers, it means other marketers or other people that might hire you, other business owners. That can take a lot of different forms. Like it might mean joining a community, like something like Superpath or the B2B Writing Institute, which Sarah Griesenbach runs and and is awesome. That has like a community attached to it. The Copywriter Club is another one where they offer like an accelerator and a think tank mastermind. And these are places where you can get to know other freelance writers in your position, or maybe even like beyond your position, right? That may be able to help you. And I think it's not just like the the peers, but also people that, I mean, I call them super connectors, which is, and that is not my term. So I've heard that term from someone else, but it's basically like, there are people that are out there who sort of know everybody. They know writers, they know designers, they know whoever, whatever. And they if someone comes to them and is like, oh, I'm looking for a freelance writer, they're like, oh, I know this person, right? So I think getting to know super connectors or what I recommend to people is like, it's great when you know the super connector, but you can think about being a super connector yourself, right? And getting to know all kinds of other freelancers. Like if you're writing web copy and you partner with web designers, or if you write podcast summaries and you partner with podcast producers and you get to know all those people in your space, you soon become kind of known for for what you're doing. Yeah. And I think another model too, that works really well. If you're like, that seems like a lot, I feel very overwhelmed. That seems like a lot of like business development type work that I'm not really into. Another good alternative here is the apprenticeship model. And I think that we've talked about that on a previous episode, but basically find a super well-established writer who's doing the work you want to do is kind of like in the place you want to be ideally with your business. And reach out to them directly and be like, hey, are you looking for help right now with overflow projects? Are you looking for somebody who can kind of do some subcontracted work for you? Sometimes those relationships, and that's really how I got started, that can be a good springboard because it takes the whole business equation out of it and you're just doing the writing work 
and you're just kind of getting a, a steady flow of assignments sent your way rather than having to go out and apply to job boards or be on Upwork or whatever. Sometimes that model of just a super intense focus working with one established person can be a really strategic way to not only learn and kind of get an inside look at their process, but also to take some of the more stressful aspects of growing your business off the table and just get some sustainable work sent your way on a regular basis. Yeah, I feel like the same is true about working with agencies. So there are plenty of marketing, SEO, advertising agencies that look to have a roster of freelance writers to help them get the work out the door. And if you can partner with, I mean, just a couple of agencies, then you're doing just just what you said, right? You're getting the work without having to worry about all of that business building activity, which isn't so bad, right? Like, But I think that it also occurs to me that we have an episode on referrals. Don't we have an episode on how our businesses are referral engines? And it occurs to me that that's a good one to listen to as well. Because if you really want to get off platform, then it means like having people constantly come to you. Like I said before about being the super connector, that's all about the referral thing. So that's a good episode to listen to. Yeah. I think a few other easy ways to get off platform and see what opportunities are out there is like use the tools that are available at your disposal. So free tools like Twitter, do a keyword search on Twitter to see if people are typing in things like hire a freelance writer, because you'll probably pull up some tweets where people are asking like, hey, where can I hire a good freelance writer? Or who should I talk to for this type of project? So doing some strategic searching, same can be said for LinkedIn. I think some people have found success using LinkedIn in that way. And Facebook, especially Facebook groups. Yeah, Facebook groups are a great place. Like I know sometimes launch copywriters, if anyone listening is a launch copywriter, so they write launch copy for course creators. And I think there are Facebook groups for course creators. And so it's not just about finding like a Facebook group or a group of like free other freelance writers. It's like, well, who do you want to write for? What are you doing? Like if you are wanting to write for B2B, then maybe there's a B2B Facebook group for founders or something that you can join and then you become the go-to person. That's all. Keep going, Kaylee. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. I think that that's a good point. And I think one thing you have to keep in mind when you're moving off platform is just remember that Sometimes it it is a little bit more of a heavy lift. It takes some more networking outreach. It takes some more like willingness to put yourself out there and get rejected. So I think that that's part of the process too. And you just kind of have to keep that in mind is that there is a little bit more risk associated with it. But I think that that's kind of part of this career path, right? Is like being able to take that rejection and, and whether criticisms and whether like the ups and downs of all this. And so it's just something to keep in the back of your mind as you go into this. I would also say like, go listen to our episode on how to get clients. We have even more recommendations there, some more suggestions on how to go about this. There are a lot of ways to skin a cat when it comes to doing this really well. And there's a lot of honestly kind of shitty information out there about like, oh, it's so easy. Like all you have to do is X, Y, and Z. And I think in my experience and in all of the people that I've mentored and the other freelance writers I've talked to, A lot of them are like, I just throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I feel like that's what I did. And it's it's kind of a good way to get your feet in the water with figuring out what works best for you and what you enjoy most and what you're good at. You just have to try. You have to throw a bunch of darts and and see what works for you. 
Right. I think that you're totally right that there's not like one formula or path that is going to be like your key to success with getting off of Upwork and Fiverr. I think that everybody has to experiment with with what's going to work for them. And I think that your reminder that of like, this is not necessarily easy is a really important one because I think that gets back to like, well, why are you trying to get off Upwork? If the reason is because you want to grow your business, you want to make more, you feel like you've hit a ceiling with what you can do on Upwork, then that is going to require more work, right? If you want to get off Upwork just because you saw this episode and assume that now Upwork is bad, like that's not a good reason if you are getting benefits from it. Because I do think for for some people, having something that's really straightforward, having one channel to go through, um, it that may be that may be a great solution for them. And I think so I, I know another freelancer who is on Upwork who has like amazing clout on Upwork. Like he has like thousands of five star reviews because Upwork has people review their writers. So he has like a really established profile on that, on Upwork. And like that works really powerfully for him. So not only does that help him come up in results on Upwork and get more jobs and make more on Upwork, but I think it also allows him to pitch elsewhere and show that Upwork profile and be like, oh, like, here's the proof, right? So I think that's, I don't know, everybody's different with with what they're getting out of it, right? Yeah. The answer is it depends, of course, as with most things in life. Yeah. I did want to say too that our previous sponsor of ours, Ava Gutierrez, she started totally on Upwork. And at some point, I think she was the one who was like, I had to sit there all day. I think I also had another coaching client tell me that though. But she decided that she really wanted to get off the platform and not be as dependent on it. So she started cold pitching clients. She has like a class that anyone who's interested could look into on how to pitch, but she has basically grown her freelance business off of Upwork by cold pitching. Just like we said earlier, like you got to throw a bunch of things at the wall. In her case, like I think, I don't know if this was her, but somebody was very clearly offering like blog post summaries for podcast episodes as their service. And in that case, you can easily cold pitch companies that have podcasts. Like, I think I'm just trying to make a point about cold pitching. That's not about going after any company and being like, do you need freelance writing? It's about going after companies that you have reason to believe could use a specific service that you're offering. Yes. And I think that there's also like a very strategic way to go about doing that. And the success rate is much higher if you've done your homework about the company, you have an idea of the type of content they put out, it's a very thoughtful pitch that you're sending out when you do the cold pitching thing. It's not just like, Hey, I'm available for work. These are my rates. Please hire me. And I get those messages all day long on Twitter. They come into my inbox and I never, ever act on them because it's just like, you probably copied and pasted this to a million different people. And it's so obvious. Well, I think, I think the person hiring is like, well, what's in it for me? right? Like you need to show the person what value you can provide to them, how you can make their job easier, how you can offer something that is more than just like, oh, here's some words for X dollars, right? Like that's just, that's not really helpful. Yeah. You have to show that you're like the person that they should work with. And like you said, Eva's resource is a great place to start. If you're like, I have no idea how to do that. 
my friend Mike also has a good one with some good scripts. Sometimes having a little bit of a template to follow is helpful. And then you can kind of tweak it to whatever the particular job is or company is that you're applying or reaching out to. And again, like it's, I think long-term, if you want to be a freelance writer long-term, it does make a lot of sense to get off these platforms like Upwork and Fiverr, just because I feel like there's a little bit of a limiting aspect to them where it's difficult to build those long-term relationships. There's always that middleman in the equation. And so the dream, right, is to get to the place where you're doing direct conversation on your own terms. You don't have the other added element of the platform to factor in there. So again, like, of course, there are people who are wildly successful on these platforms. So that's not to say this is one size fits all. You absolutely cannot do it. But at least in my experience and and with the people that I've talked to, I think that it is a good direction to move to, to try to move away from these platforms and build something that's more owned. Yeah. And to finish, I think that it's also about like building your own brand. We didn't really talk about that actually, but like that's one of the biggest downsides of these platforms is like you can't build a brand that's really like about you or about anything. You can't really like differentiate yourself. And that really limits how much you can grow. Like, I just even think like sometimes I've had clients come to me, coaching clients who are on Upwork and they barely have a LinkedIn profile or like they don't have a presence on Twitter or they don't even have a website or the website they have is like really bad. And I should have started with this actually, but the first thing I tell them is like, okay, well, let's like make sure that your business exists in other places besides Upwork, right? Like, you need to be showing up in some of these other places. And I think for anyone listening that is like, well, how do I do that? We have an episode on a freelance writer's website. We have an episode on how to grow your Twitter following. We're going to have an episode on how to use LinkedIn. And these are like some of the things that you can do to start establishing yourself so that ultimately you can build a business of you, not a business on someone else's land. Yeah, I like that. I think that that's a good way to wrap this up is just talking about Next steps, if you're thinking about, okay, what do I need to do to start moving away from this? Step one, I think is build a website. Even if it's something super simple, super basic, have a place that you can send people. So if they want to see a portfolio, if they want to get an idea of who you are and what you focus on, they have a destination to do that. And so if you're thinking like, okay, what are the things I need to do to start making progress towards this goal of moving away from these platforms? That's step one. Step two is like, start trying things. Start trying some of the things that we've talked about and and see what works best. And that's kind of the two-step action plan. I think if you can do those two things, you're going to start to get some traction and figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And maybe step three is be patient because like it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Like we talked about, like this is not necessarily going to be super easy. You shouldn't have that expectation. You should just be taking deliberate steps forward to try and make your dream of getting off these platforms a reality. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.